I want to talk a little bit about what it means for us to be uh, ascending church. And so to be ascending church is, is actually a mindset. It's not just an action. Okay, it's, it's, it's a mindset, it's, it's a way that we think, that we believe as we gather men and women, as we introduce them to Jesus, as we disciple them, as we train them, as we deploy people into ministry, some of those people will be called to stay. Some people will be called to stay and help us do that all over again. But other people will, will be called to go. And so some of, some of us may have a call to, to go and plant new expressions of church. Some of us may have a call to, to go to neighbouring towns and cities and see different things emerge. Some of us um, might feel called to move overseas, maybe for, for a long time, maybe for, for a short, short time. Some of us may have a call to a particular job or, or industry. I think as, as a pastor, I, I really look forward to the time where we don't just send people to plant churches and be missionaries, but we send people to start and plant businesses, businesses that will transform the world around them, that we, that we, we send people to infiltrate the, the arts and media, that we, that we um, raise up political leaders in the, the context of our church community. And they, they take what we, we talk about, we, we want to bring communities to life, and they take that into the political arena. We need men and women like that, don't we, in the church. And, and so when we talk about sending, we're not just talking about limiting sending to doing good church stuff. You know, that we're longing to see men and women raised up in education, in, in, in healthcare. We, we want to release people into those different spheres that our DNA at the core of who we are is this passion to send ordinary people like you and me to go and make a difference. Now having a sending mentality can also come with costs. It means it means resources, it means the skills that people can bring, it means the people that we love and cherish might not always be around, um, that we have to be willing to let go of our best. And, 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 and so fear and a sense of loss um, can make us resistant to this idea of being ascending, ascending people. And I think it's just really good for us to acknowledge that. Acknowledge that, that being willing to send people comes with pain, doesn't it? It comes with pain and sadness and loss. Um, because those that we can be, have, have used to being around us, we, we won't, might not see them anymore. We might not see them as much. You know, I remember some friends of ours who, who um, you know, we, me and Tammy just saw lots and lots and lots, and they moved to the Middle East. And I was like, God, why did you do that? You know, but, but he sent them to the Middle East. And, 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 and we have to live with with the loss of that, and that, that's a reality. But we also hold on to the fact that, that, that when we, when we um, are willing to let go and send people to do what God has called them to do, there's always fruitfulness. There's, there's always fruitfulness. 
You know, Tammy and I moved here 12 years ago. And guess what? We were sent here. And, and the reality is, is that because we were sent here by someone, you guys get to be here. Some of you, you know, have met Jesus here because we got sent. I'm not saying that to be a big head or anything like that, you know, just, but just the reality is when we send people, it, it brings fruit, doesn't it? It brings fruitfulness. And, you know, some of you have, have met and fallen in love and had babies. You can thank me later, okay? Um, but because someone was willing to send us, the, 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 there's, been, there's been fruit from that. And so when we operate with a sending mentality, although it's painful, there's good things to come. And the kind of fruit that we can expect, the fruit of the kingdom, isn't a fruit that's just addition. It's a fruit of multiplication. That the kingdom always multiplies, doesn't it? Uh, it isn't just like one plus one. Um, but actually there's an expectation of multiplication. Not only is there blessing in giving, um, but also when we give, there's a promise that uh, when we give wholly and wholeheartedly, um, we always get a return for our investment. Jesus said this in Luke, Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so there's pain in being ascending church, but we have to have a mindset that says it's worth it. It's really worth it. It's worth it. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you quickly turn to Acts chapter 13. Uh, I'm going to just pick up in verse 2 of Acts chapter 13. Um, but just to set the scene, it's, uh, we're at the church in Antioch and the, the leaders and the, um, the prophets are there, they're praying uh, and worshipping the Lord. And it says this in verse 2, it says, Whilst they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and sent them off. Now Saul, uh, as you, most of you will know, is Paul, uh, this character uh, in the New Testament, this prolific church planter. And uh, it's believed this, this moment of Paul being released by the Antioch church is, um, is, is taking place about 11 to 13 years after Paul had this dramatic conversion experience. Um, some of you would have read in the book of Acts that he, he has this dramatic encounter with Jesus and um, he goes from being a persecutor of the church to someone who's bringing life. And so um, we see this, this moment takes place. They're, they're praying, they're worshipping the Lord, they're fasting and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to them. And he begins to speak to them about Paul and Barnabas. And he says, I want you to set aside Paul and Barnabas for what I've called them to do. And so this morning, I just want to think about four 
brief things, and then I'm going to invite Marcus and Joe to just come and share a little bit of what's on their hearts and uh, what they're going to be up to. Um, but just four brief things of what it means for us to be ascending church, ascending people. And so ascending church is, is learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. And being led by the Holy Spirit doesn't just mean, you know, um, acting spontaneously. Let's just go and do whatever the Holy Spirit is saying in a kind of loosey-goosey kind of way. Um, uh, it's much bigger than that. It's about being a people who are learning to hear the Holy Spirit speak. That we're learning to tune into his, his voice, tune into what he's saying. And then upon hearing what he's saying, learning to, to respond, learning to act for God on his leading. And it's my experience is that whenever God's leading people into stuff, that he often speaks prophetically, don't he? If any of you have ever you know, felt like the Lord is, is saying something to you, telling you to do something, it, it's often accompanied, isn't it, with, with different words, different things that come at you. I was, um, I was, I was just uh, speaking to some guys who were going to plant a vineyard in Man- Manchester, and they had over 70 prophetic words um, given to them to plant this church. And one of them was from a non-Christian who said, I think you should come and plant a church in the north. Um, I don't know how that happens or, or why that happens. But often when the Lord is speaking, when the Lord is doing something, he will speak to us in lots of different ways. And it's our task as, as those who are doing the sending and those who are being sent to learn to hear what the Lord is saying. What is he saying? And then being led by the Spirit is not just hearing, but being led is also acting, is acting upon. So learning to hear his voice, learning to hear what he's saying, but also learning to be responsive. And so um, the Lord speaks, he says, he says, set aside Paul and Barnabas. And so they lay hands on him lay their hands on them, and they go. And so being led is also being responsive, acting upon those instructions, doing what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we want to be ascending church, which means we want to be led uh, by the Spirit. The second thing is uh, we want to be rooted in the gospel. In verse 5 of chapter 13, it says, when they, when, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God. You see, we're called to be ascending church for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of God's kingdom come, uh, for the message of Jesus' good news. Uh, So if we send people for any other reason, I think we shortchange them and us, don't we? Uh, You know, we don't send people just to do church differently. We don't send people just... Uh, to have a different experience. We don't send people just, um, just because you know, we can imagine all these different things. We send people because the gospel needs to be preached. We send people for the sake of the kingdom. Now that might result in church being done differently. It might result in different experiences. It might result in different expressions taking place. But first and foremost, we, 
We send people because it's rooted in a desire to see the gospel, the gospel spread. Because that's the only thing that will change things, isn't it? It's only the gospel that's going to change lives. You know, us doing something swanky isn't going to change lives. Us, you know, you know, being the cheeky little number in the centre of town isn't going to change lives. The only thing that will change lives is Jesus and his gospel. And so as we, as we send people, we send them for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom of God. The third thing uh, in being a sending, a sending church, and that is a sending church praise. James in James 5 says, the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You see, the success of anything that we do hangs in the faithfulness of the prayers of those involved. And so as, as those that we, we send in whatever context it might be, they need our prayer. You know, as we, as we send different people into different things, they need our prayer. I'm pretty sure the church in Antioch didn't stop praying just because Paul and Barnabas had left. You know, if they went to the trouble of praying before, I'm sure they continued to pray as they went. You know, one of the things that um, Tammy and I have been increasingly aware of in this season uh, is that, um, that as we kind of advance and as we, as we move into new things as a people, often we have an enemy that uh, doesn't like to see that happen. We have an enemy who, who um, often wants to knock us off track. He doesn't want us to, to move into our destiny. He doesn't want, want us to be obedient to what God is saying to us. And so he'll do all that he can to, to discourage us, to, to make us feel disappointed, to make us feel like, oh, we, we, we're doing the wrong thing. And actually, it's, the, it's the, the right thing. And so often the enemy will try and stop us, uh, stop us to be, in being obedient. And, and we need something that helps us to, to press on, press on through that. Something that helps us not to rely on our own strength. Uh, we need the Lord to move, and often he moves in the prayers of his people. And so as we, as we send people, we need to be praying for them. We need to be praying for them, however we're sending them. Those of us who stay behind need to be people who pray. And so, um, you know, we're going to be praying for Marcus and Joe in a bit, but actually they need us to continue to pray. You know, going and starting something new isn't easy. Because if, if it was, we'd all do it, wouldn't we? We'd, we'd all go and do it if it, if it was easy. Um, but, you know, when you stick your head above the parapet, um, you become a target. And so we need to be people who are uh, willing to pray and support these guys as they take a step of faith. And then, and then lastly, ascending church supports. You know, the, the church in Antioch was a church that, that gathered from the scattered peoples uh, in the ancient world. And as a result, they became a resourcing church um, that helped others. And, you know, we really believe that one of the things that God has called us to be is a church that resources. And if there's anything that we have 
that is of any use to anybody, um, then it's my conviction we're called to give that away. We're called to give it away. We're not called to hold tightly to our stuff. And, and, and part of that being a resource is being a resource to those that we send through our support. And I think we can support those we send in three different ways. We can encourage, we can advise, and we can advocate. And so those we send need our encouragement. Often being sent means that we're pioneering, we're in pioneering situations. Um, It can be lonely, it can be hard. And we can sometimes think, have I got any friends? Um, This was my life 10 years ago. No, Uh, (laughs) I still feel that way. No. Um, And, you know, those that we send, they need a friendly message. You know, they need, you know, they need an email of encouragement. They need someone to call them up and just say, how, how is it doing? And so all those things can make a world of difference. And so as we're, as we're being a people who send, please be people who encourage. Um, we also want to be able to advise. You know, being a church that's 10 years old, um, you know, 10 years ago there was literally five five of us and three preschoolers. And, 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 and over those 10 years, we've, we've learned a bunch of things because we've made a bunch of mistakes. And so hopefully, those that we send can learn from our mistakes um, and hopefully not have to make them uh, or at least uh, avoid some of the pitfalls that we've found ourselves in. And, and, and so hopefully, as we send people, we can advise uh, where we can. And then thirdly, uh, supporting means being advocates, cheering people on, being the biggest fan of those we send, preferring them, blessing them, honouring them in front of others, releasing them with the same freedom they, that we were given. You know, um, I, um, when I was 19 years old, that was a long time ago, no, 18 years old, I... Um, <laughs> That was even longer ago. Uh, but when I was 18 years old, you know, I went and um, knocked on the door of Andrew McNeil, who leads the Birmingham Vineyard, and I said, I think God has called me to church plant, and, um, and kind of naively kind of spoke to him. But you know what? He was amazingly good and gracious to us and uh, just gave us the freedom to, to go and have a go. You know, and I didn't have a clue. You know, the reality is you, you don't know what you don't know, do you? And, 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 you know, and we, Tammy and I were, I was 22 and Tammy was 21 and they, they released us to plant our first church. And we made every mistake you can think of because uh, we didn't know what we was doing. But actually, I'm really pleased that I had some people who were willing to support me, they were willing to encourage me, they were really willing to advise me where was appropriate and willing to, to cheer me on. And so as we, as we release people, as we send people, that's what we want to be. We want to commit ourselves to those four things. But as I say, I don't want to undermine the fact that it's a bittersweet moment, isn't it? Uh, and whilst we attempt to live out that, that call to be ascending people today, um, we acknowledge 
that sometimes we're not fully prepared for it. Um, Sometimes we're not fully prepared. We don't plan for these things to happen all the time. Not Not, you know, and maybe some of us haven't even had the opportunity to fully get our heads around what it really means to be ascending people. Um, so I just want to, before I invite them up, I just want to give you some reassurances, okay? The first reassurance is um, these guys aren't going too far ge- geographically, okay? Uh, so that means you will still see them, okay? <laughs> um, you know, they, um, they're not leaving Northampton, um, uh, they're still going to be uh, in their house. That means you can still, as you, if you know Marcus and Joe, you can just turn up. Um, okay? Uh, you don't need to be invited. Uh, I, I've just invited everybody to your house. Sorry. Um, um, you know, so they're not going to be a million miles away. Um, and they're not going to be uh, inaccessible. They're still contactable. Um, the, the, the reality is you're just not going to see them as much in this context, okay? You're not going to see them here. Um, but the good news is, and um, this, this was some advice always given to me, was that um, we might not get to hang out as much here for the 70 or 80 years that we've got, but we still get to hang out in eternity. And, and, and so whilst, whilst we're busy for the sake of the kingdom, doing different things at different times, we still get to uh, see one another and be with one another for eternity. And, and that has to be worth it, doesn't it? You know, for the hundreds and thousands of lives that still haven't encountered Jesus in this place, it has to be worth it. It has to be worth a little bit of sacrifice on our behalf for the sake, for the sake of the kingdom. And so we do, we do lay hands on these guys today, and it is a bittersweet moment. You know, it is a, a moment where we're thinking, oh man, why, why are we doing this? But you, they've heard from the Lord and they need to be obedient to what the Lord has said. And so I'm going to invite these guys to come and just share a little bit.